Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, today is the great feast of the presentation of the Lord in the temple. There is a tendency, I'm afraid, to flatten out and sentimentalize the meaning of the presentation of the Lord in the temple. What I mean is this, we might just see it as a charming tale of a little child being entrusted to the protection of God at the beginning of his life. Uh, there are many parents that do this. In fact, when I was rector of the seminary and I interview uh, the students, I was surprised, not every time, of course, but how many times a kid would say, you know, my, my parents dedicated me to God when I was a child. Right? They, they took me into church and made an act of dedication to God. And I was always very moved by that when I You'd say, well, yeah, it, it worked. You know, you dedicated this child, and then many years later, he discerns a vocation. So that's beautiful. I got nothing at all against that. It's a wonderful thing. But there's a lot more going on here in our story about Jesus than, than that. And to understand it, the church gives us the somewhat enigmatic reading from the book of the prophet Malachi. It's our first reading for today. Malachi, by the way, is the last book of the Old Testament. So if you're, you're trying to find it, it's easy. Just go right before the Gospel of Matthew, the New Testament, you'll find the book of Malachi. Um, well, here's what he says. And suddenly there will come to the temple the Lord whom you seek. That's a line from the reading for today. And, and I submit to you, that's kind of a weird line. Suddenly there will come to the temple the Lord whom you seek. Well, I mean, heck, isn't the Lord already in the temple? I mean, we come to it seeking him, right? But why would we talk about the Lord coming? It's like if we were to say, well, the Lord suddenly arrived at church one day. Well, to grasp what, what Malachi means by this, we have to turn to a somewhat earlier prophet, namely the prophet Ezekiel. What a wonderful book, by the way, Ezekiel is. The, the ancient Israelites were so impressed by it, by its richness and complexity, they said that you shouldn't begin to read it until you're 50. It was like a high-octane uh, book. Well, if we look in the 10th chapter of the book of the prophet Ezekiel, we find something extraordinary. The prophet tells us that due to the wickedness and corruption of the temple— Again, if you think, you know, oh, corruption in the church is something new, it's been there from the beginning, you know, because the church is filled with human beings and we tend to, to go bad. Well, because of the wickedness and corruption of the temple, the Shekinah, that's the glory of the Lord, see, which was meant to fill the temple, the glory of the Lord has up and left the holy place. Read the description in Ezekiel chapter 10, and even though it's put forward in a kind of understated manner, I think it's one of the most devastating texts in the whole Bible. 
I mean, the temple was sacred to ancient Israel precisely because it was the dwelling place of Yahweh on earth. People came there to commune with the Creator God. To say that the glory of Yahweh had left was therefore pretty calamitous. You know, a lot of this had to do with the shock of the Babylonian conquest, and Ezekiel is writing around that time. You know, the destruction of the temple, the exile of the people. I mean, it certainly appeared to them as though Yahweh had indeed up and gone, that Israel had been punished for its wickedness. And then, you know, fast forward, even when they came back, they were allowed to return to Jerusalem and they rebuilt the temple. It was just a shadow of what it had been in the glory days. Um, there, there are some old timers who are little kids, you know, and they remembered the old temple. And when the new one was built, they, they wept because they said, it's just not what it was. And so Israel was convinced, even after the return from exile, that the Lord has not returned really to his temple. Now, turn from chapter 10 to chapter 43 of Ezekiel, and you'll find this wonderful prophecy. It's beautiful uh, literature too, by the way. The master lays out in this finely poetic language what it will be like when the Lord one day does come back to his temple. Ezekiel speaks of the reconstruction of the place, of water flowing from its side for the renewal of the world. This is Ezekiel's vision of the messianic time, when Yahweh, the God of Israel, would once more take up his glorious place in the midst of his people. Okay, can I suggest to you, everybody, it's against that background that we can understand the prophet Malachi when he says, in a similar vein, that one day the Lord whom you seek will come to his temple. See, okay, now I get it. In a way, the Lord isn't always in his temple. The Lord's glory left, and we're waiting for it to come back. And against that background, see, now the church invites us to read the gospel for today in light of Malachi. Now we can see why Jesus coming to the temple is of such great moment in the Gospels. For when Jesus enters the temple, and this feast is about the first time he comes back, it is not just a nice kid being brought in to be dedicated to God. It's the realization of Ezekiel's prophecy and of Malachi's prophecy. It's not simply a pious human being coming to be dedicated. It represents the God of Israel returning in glory to live among his people. You know, by the way, it's altogether correct to read the stories of the triumphal entry of the Lord into Jerusalem, his cleansing of the temple under this rubric too. That too is, is the Lord returning to his temple. But I dare say that our story for today is of particular interest for it's the first entry of Jesus into the temple. Now, here's where things in a typically New Testament way get beautifully ironic and interesting. One day the Shekinah, the glory of Yahweh, would return. Wow, what a day that'll be, huh? When the glory of God returns triumphantly to his temple. Well, how does it return? Precisely as a tiny, helpless baby in his mother's arms. But think, 
What is it about babies that's just so irresistible? Right? When a baby enters the room in the arms of his mother or father, everybody springs to attention, commences to smile, comes over to see, right? The babies come in the room. The baby's always the star of the room. How splendid that God chose just this means to attract us to his presence again. The Shekinah Yahweh, the glory of the Lord, comes as an irresistible baby. Now, lest we get a little too squishy and sentimental about all this, let's take another look at the prophet Malachi. Because how how wonderful that the church wants us to read our gospel in light of Malachi. When we come to meet the Lord, who's returned to his temple, whom do we find? Listen now to Malachi. Who will endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? Wow. Why is he so terrifying? Listen as Malachi goes on. For he, the Lord, is like the refiner's fire or the fuller's lie. He will sit refining and purifying silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi. Wow, those are are terrible images. The refiner, that's the one who used fire to separate silver from baser metals, right? If you want pure silver, it's got to go through a fiery refining process, burning away all that doesn't belong to the beautiful silver. And the fuller, it's a word that we don't use very often, but someone who uses a a harsh soap, lye, the fuller's lye, right? To remove all dirt from cloth, to render it gleaming white. That's what a a fuller would have done in biblical times. I saw in one of the commentaries I read that, that fullers always operated outside the city because the process they used was so smelly. It produced this very unpleasant odor. So the fullers were outside the city doing this kind of harsh work of preparing the cloth to make it white. Okay. So what does the Lord do when we come to meet him in his temple? He purges from us all that keeps us from being the people he wants us to be. I'm okay and you're okay. That's just not... (laughs) Biblical talk, you know. Uh, there's no room in a biblical framework for, you know, an easy going, hey, everything's just fine with me. Indeed, I would say in the measure that you can say that, that means you've not met the Lord in this temple. Because, see, what God wants to do is burn away, painfully indeed. I don't know a burning process that's not painful. He wants to burn away all that is not love in us. That's, that's, the, that's the whole Bible, if you want. Right? God is love, and we're meant to be conformed to that love. So whatever in us is not about willing the good of the other, God wants to burn that away. Think of our pride, our envy, our anger, our lust, our cruelty, our violence, our injustice, all this stuff, all this dross, all this, this base metal And so the refining fire, that's what the God of Israel in this temple is doing. Now, why? He wants it to look like gleaming silver. That's why. 
why are we settling for looking dull and unburnished? I mean, he wants us like like gleaming silver. And then the fuller's lie. Uh, he wants us gleaming white. You know, he wants us pure and absolute and full of his spirit. And so will it be kind of a painful, smelly, <laughs> difficult process? Yeah, yeah. But that's what happens when you meet the God of Israel in his temple. Now, if we bring this rather terrible image together with the picture of the baby God returning to his temple, we get the full lesson, namely this. In his simplicity, in his humility, in his nonviolence, purity, and docility, this baby refines us and purifies us. Does that make sense? Think of, you know, stay with the image of, of the baby in his mother's arms, and then Mary hands the, the child over to, um, to Simeon. Imagine now Mary handing the Christ child over to you. And you're looking, again, babies are irresistible, so you're, you're looking down in the face of, of that baby. What are you meant to see? Not just a cute baby. You're meant to see the God of Israel having returned, the Shekinah Yahweh, the glory of Yahweh, having returned to his temple. As you look down into that beautiful, irresistible face, it's affecting a transformation in you. That baby is changing you, refining and purifying. When we gaze on him, as Simeon does, we're meant to find our salvation. That's the point, it seems to me, everybody, of the Feast of the Presentation. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.